Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy, best friends forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside a disgruntled Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How'd you sleep last night? Uh, I slept well. so good. We're great. I, I slept the right two. I slept the right two. Knicks got the third pick. I don't know if you heard. The Knicks didn't win the lottery, but did a lot better than when we were pressing the button, Frankie. We'll take top three. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Three-player draft. Everyone's saying, oh, it's a one-player draft. No. I don't agree. Three. Three-player draft. Three. He's got the third pick. Not terrible. No, we'll take it. Anything Pumped else about on? it. Anything uh, else why, why don't you tell me, Frank? Anything else going on? Is not really, not really in a singing mood today, you Greg. Didn't, you didn't start singing. Not really in a singing mood today, Greg. I have a feeling, Alex, we're going to need to move the camera. I have a feeling we're going to have to go to his shot right now. Yep, that, that's it. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm just going to preface this right now. If you're listening on demand and you don't want to hear about the New York Jets or football, uh, you can fast forward about 15, 20 minutes from now. Uh, and then we'll get into the baseball talk. And for everyone else listening live, uh, I'm also sorry if you're here to, to hear about baseball. We're going to get into baseball at some point. There's a lot going on, actually. Some prospects. More prospects getting called up. Lots to go over from last night. But first, we have to talk about the Jets and the NFL. And this is a lesson for... Not just any NFL franchise, organization, uh, it it could be any sport. The ineptitude, the incompetence of this franchise is laughable. It is baffling. The Jets, if you haven't heard, have fired their general manager, Mike McCagnan, after allowing him to hire the head coach, Adam Gase, now the interim general manager, by the way. They allowed him to spend a boatload of money we're talking about giving out the biggest contract, biggest defensive contract in NFL history to C.J. Mosley. You sign Le'Veon Bell to pretty big money as well. He does all that. He makes their draft picks. All's going well. I mean, you get a few reports here and there during the draft. You don't believe them. Mike McCagnan and Adam Gase are butting heads. I mean, I think it happens at times. You know, in, in organizations and franchises where the GM, the, manager, uh, the, the head coach... One person might want to do one thing, the other person. I think that's all right. I think you have to have some kind of dysfunction. You you have to press the other person. Get the best out of them. That's fine. We get a few reports. But you let Mike McCagnan do all of that, and then you fire him on May 15th? This, This is like Phil Jackson and the Knicks all over again. You let this guy make a draft pick. One of a pretty big draft pick, too. What was it, seventh, eighth overall pick? He drafts Frank Nielakina from France. 
You fire him a week later? Like, what is going on in New York sports? The Bills are the most competent organization in New York football right now. The Giants, Dave Gettleman, Daniel Jones. I mean, we already had that fiasco a month ago. Go back and watch Greg's monologue about that. You hear Jim Day's thoughts. You hear Chris Venture's thoughts on that, too. And then we get this today. Mike McCagnan in the Jets and Adam Gase. Adam Gase said during his introductory presser, that he had control over the personnel when he was in Miami, and it was something he never wanted. It's something he doesn't want now with the Jets, and he was lying the entire time. Like, who is telling the truth here? What is going on? The ownership of the Jets, I mean, it all starts at the top. Woody Johnson, Chris Johnson, whoever you want to look at here, because you allow Adam Gase to take over now for the New York Jets, the interim general manager, I'm sure they'll get some other schmuck in here, but you allow him to take over as the general manager. What has he done to earn that? To earn that trust, to earn that role? What has he done? He went, he, in three seasons in Miami, he was under 500. In the AFC East, and he got, high, he got fired from a team in the AFC East and got hired by another team in the AFC East after doing nothing to earn another head coaching job right away. A lot of people had this guy pegged for an offensive coordinator job after he got fired from Miami. The Jets, being the Jets, hire this guy to be their head coach right after he got fired within the same division. And now, on May 15th, they fire their general manager and give this guy all the control. Like, I just... I don't understand what he's done to earn this. He's done nothing. He's not a people person. He ran talented players out of town while in Miami. Jay Ajayi, Jarvis Landry. You get Le'Veon Bell on this team. Like, and, and, and now just the, the dysfunction continues to rot. It's going to rot from the inside out now. Like the, look, at, look at the first couple of seasons that Sam Darnold is going to be in the NFL. He gets his first coach taken away from him in Todd Bowles. He gets his GM now gone. He has to deal with Adam Gase. Crazy eyes. Supposed to be a quarterback guru. The only quarterback he's ever done well with is Peyton Manning. All right, he's Peyton Manning! I, I don't know. I don't know what he's done to earn this. I, and I don't even have a problem with Mike McCagney getting fired. Fire him the day after the season ends. This is an ongoing dilemma. For the Jets, they are the laughing stock of football, and rightfully so. They just set their organization back again, a, a whole nother cycle. Because this is what always happens with the Jets. They fire a coach, they let the GM choose the next coach, and then they fire the GM, and then a new GM has to come in and has a coach from the previous regime, who he doesn't even want or want anything to do with. So now the Jets were getting reports that they're looking into uh, Eagles vice president of player personnel, something like that. You think this guy's going to come in and want Adam Gase as his head coach? If this guy has an ounce of competence, he doesn't want Adam Gase as his head coach. No other team in the NFL wanted Adam Gase as their head coach. And the one team that did, the one general manager, or I guess it goes, maybe it was over his head, maybe it was the owners. The owners, they got a call from Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is vouching for this guy. I mean, dude, what, like, what did Adam Gase do for Peyton Manning that this guy is getting him jobs left and right? 
I mean, there has to be something behind the scenes. Like, what did he do? I, I just don't get it. Like, Peyton Manning calls you. You're an owner of a franchise, and he says, look, I vouch for Adam Gase. He's a good guy. He deserves a job. <laughs> that's it? And, that, like, you hire a, the head coach of your franchise, the guy that's going to coach up Sam Darnold, who's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. And, you know, over the last month of the season last year, looked like he might be a pretty good franchise quarterback. You bring this guy in, Adam Gase, because Peyton Manning vouches for him. That's it? That's all it takes? Peyton Manning? How about we look at the resume, what he's done? He hasn't developed any quarterbacks. You're going to tell me, oh, well, uh, Ryan Tannehill was always hurt. So then why they draft Ryan Tannehill? Go out and get the guy that you want. You were essentially the GM of the Miami Dolphins. Go out and get your guy. And now, and now Sam Darnold has to go through all this. And in a couple of years, Adam Gase is going to be fired. And then the GM's going to bring in a new head coach. And then the GM's going to get fired. And then they're going to bring in another GM who, who didn't even want that head coach. It's, you see how this works? It's a revolving door for the New York Jets. Just incompetence after incompetence. Like, it happens nonstop. This, this franchise is a joke. There's a reason why they haven't won since 1969. They are the laughingstock of the NFL. Cleveland Browns no more. Dave Gettleman, he's laughing in his seat right now, seeing what's going on with the New York Jets. Are you serious? He's the GM that should have been fired. And again, I don't even have a problem with Mike McCagnan going. But do it the day after the season ends. Bring in a whole new regime. It's just ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. How can you sell anything to this, to this fan base right now? How? It just doesn't make any sense. You can't. Like, if every Jets fan wanted to jump ship right now, I have, I have no problem with it. And everyone, well, you have to stick by your franchise why do you have to stick by your franchise when they continue to show you this level of incompetence? That's what I ask. Because I do agree to a certain level, you should stick by your franchise. But time and time and time again, the ownership lets you down. The management lets you down. The coaching lets you down. And I've only been on this earth for 27 years. Imagine the Jets fans that are 50 years old. They've seen this for way longer than I've been alive. At some level, at some point, you have to break the wheel. It doesn't look like it's going to happen now. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon either when it comes to the New York Jets. I just bought a Le'Veon Bell jersey. I'm probably going to go home and burn it. What am I going to do with that? Le'Veon Bell jersey. He just signed here. He's in the prime of his career. This team is not going to win games. I'm telling you that right now. This level of dysfunction, it's going to rot the team from the inside out. This team is not going to win games. How'd you sleep last night, Greg? I slept well, man. Feel good now, too. I feel pretty good about Dave Gettleman and Daniel Jones now. I don't. I don't. I think you should. You know, I, I think the core of the problem, and we say this a lot, when it comes to the Knicks or it comes to the Giants, is ownership getting involved, ultimately. And it's clear that ownership hired Adam Gaze, as many people have pointed out to me on Twitter. It's clear that ownership hired Todd Bowles as well. And Mike McCagnan had his role, and he didn't fit in with the head coach that ultimately the owner chose, so the owner said goodbye. The next general manager of the 
New York Jets looks, the favorite looks to be Joe Douglas, who comes from the Eagles. He's close with Adam Gaze. I don't know how Adam Gaze got all this power in the Jets organization so quickly after being in charge of everything in the Miami Dolphins organization. Also, this next GM likes Adam Gaze. That's the Adam Gates thought, is basically yes. like a pseudo owner of the Jets right now. Well, he runs the team right now. <laughs> what did he do to earn this power? I just don't get it. You went 23 and 25 in three seasons with the Dolphins, and you hand this guy the keys to the organization? He's the interim GM, and you now are going to allow him to choose a GM of his liking that's going to help keep him around longer? I just don't understand what he's done to earn this level of power. You know, people were laughing at me downstairs when I said the Bills are the most functional team, a New York team in football right now. It's true. They have their quarterback of the future. They just had a great draft. They had an offseason where they surrounded said quarterback with great pieces, with wide receivers, with Smokey Brown, with Cole Beasley. And they, and they signed offensive linemen. Something the Jets should have been doing, by the way. They signed the center. The Jets have like a second, third string center right now starting for their team. The Bills are making great moves. Like if you're looking for the next team that's going to test the Patriots, it's not the Jets. You know it's not the Dolphins. It's the Bills. The Bills are doing things the right way. I never thought I'd say those things, but... I mean, Gabe was absolutely right. If you're a Bills fan, if you're a Dolphins fan, I mean, uh, if you're a Patriots fan, you've been laughing at the Jets for decades anyway. But you have to love the idea of Adam Case running a franchise. He just did it in Miami. And he did nothing with it. This is a, the Dolphins were actually on the precipice of a wild card last year. They were 7-6. and six. And they lost their final three games. Who was their coach? Adam Gaze. I just, God, man, it's funny. It's sad. All I could do is laugh. Oh, gosh, man. I, just, I, I don't know what he's done, Greg. I, I don't know what he's done to earn this. Like, the only person that you can give this type of power to and it makes sense is Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick. I'll give Bill Belichick this power, let him run a franchise. Look at his resume. What is, what is Adam Gase's resume? He held Jay Cutler for 23 touchdowns one season? <laughs> Here's the keys to the organization. You help Jay Cutler throw more touchdowns and interceptions. You help Peyton Manning. No, Peyton Manning doesn't need help. He's Peyton Manning. Now, maybe if you wanted to bring in Peyton Manning as the head coach, try something different. Or GM. I mean, maybe then you have my attention. Let's try something different here. All yours, Greg. For now. Sure. You can keep going, man. I, I, think, I think I've said it all. I don't, I don't know what else is left to say. So, like, this can't happen in sports, man. It can't. And it's, it's not just a lesson for Jets fans and, and, and football fans and NFL fans. This is a perfect lesson of what not to do in sports. It's, it's just perfect. Every team in sports should learn from what the Jets are doing right now. You don't allow a GM to spend money, hire a head coach, make draft picks, and then fire him. Like, let's see it out for a year at least at this point. You don't let him do all those things. 
if it sucks, if it if it goes to crap this year, fire them both next year. I don't I, one and done with Adam Gase. I don't care. I mean, we just had it with Steve Wilkes in Arizona. I, I don't mind. If the Jets go six and ten this year, fire McKagan and fire Adam Gase at the end of the season. I don't have a problem with that. And I'm sure a lot of people will, well, you got to give him more than a year. No. When you clean house, you clean house. You, you get rid of a GM, you bring in a GM and a coach together. Look at what the 49ers did a couple years ago. They bring in Lynch, they bring in Shanahan together. That's, what, that's the way you're supposed to do things. Not that the 49ers have lived up to expectations yet, but it looks like they're building a pretty good team there. It looks like they have a level of functionality. That's how you're supposed to do it. You don't fire GM... Promote head coach, fire coach, bring in new GM. You, you don't do that. That's how you continue to suck for as long as you have. Jets, get off my lawn! Go back to the fish. Let's take a break. When we come back, NBA draft lottery was last night. Look at Frankie's thoughts on that. Well, it's some baseball too. A lot to talk about. Yeah, guys. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Full-time fantasy So I should go root for the Browns now because they're on the upswing and no, they're doing I'm, things right and I should go join the millions of people who are all putting the over bets on the Browns this year? It's not how, the, that's not the how Giants trade their best player bringing a quarterback that they should never have taken who was, who was being... T- uh, looked at as a tight end from some franchises. Are you expected to like that for the next 10 years as a Giant fan? You can do what you want, but then don't go I'm just saying. Team that wins. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back here live on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Frankie Stanford. Greg Sussman. We're hanging out here. Frank, how you feeling, man? I'm all right, Greg. You okay? Yeah, no, I'm, over, I'm, I'm all right with it. Like, I knew that the next couple of years were going to be a disaster anyway. I mean, if you saw my initial reaction when they signed Adam Gase, 
you should know how I feel about it already. So I knew the next couple of years were already going to be a disaster. Uh, so I'm not really surprised. Basically, I'm just I'm a fantasy football fan at this point. That's what it comes down to. That's a root for my fantasy players. I'm rooting for Sam Darnold. I, I really want Sam Darnold to do well, but anything that happens from here on out will not surprise me when it comes to this franchise. And I'm honestly expecting the worst. And that's not just because I normally expect the worst, Greg, and hope for the best, but I think it's coming. I think the writing's on the wall here for the Jets. It's all right. It's over now. We have fantasy baseball. We have the Knicks. We're going to draft R.J. Barrett. That's cool. Or maybe they won't, or maybe they'll trade him for Anthony Davis. I guess we'll find out soon enough. The lottery last night from the New York Knicks, I don't want to say it went badly. It went it's not as great as it could have. My range of emotions last night were, were wild, man. We were watching, had the lottery on, and all we wanted as Knicks fans were things just to go in order, right? We wanted no changes. Things just go nice, in order, as they should. And they didn't. And they didn't. And when you saw at five... At six and seven, Cleveland and Phoenix, it was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Or Phoenix and Atlanta, rather, at six and seven. You're like, oh my God. And then five, and you just sat there, and you just crossed your fingers, and five comes, and they announced that five was Cleveland, right? I'm just like, Massive sigh of relief. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Running around my apartment. I wish I could have my fiance call in so she could uh, give you my reaction. She's never seen me so excited. My fiance says, what are you, stop screaming. What are you screaming I was jumping up and down like a little kid, like knees to my chest, jumping up knees to my chest, fist pumping, screaming once they got past the fifth pick. Good times, Greg. Good times. Also, poor sons. You're right about that. For people saying poor, poor sons here, you're absolutely right, man. Chris Welsh, sorry, buddy. Phoenix Suns, you got the short end of the stick here. But this is what the NBA wants. The NBA doesn't want teams to be able to tank and just get the best picks. So, And we saw a few people tweeting about it last night. Rudy Gobert said, this is the end of tanking, and that's a good thing for basketball. And I can't really disagree with that. This is what's better for basketball. Sucks for the teams that went through a whole season of winning like 20 games or less. But this is what the NBA wants. It's going to make it a little bit more random now. So we'll see. You're going to have to try. You're gonna, this is what I thought of last night, Greg. You're sure. either going to have to put more effort in as a team that's on the precipice and like developing your players, or you continue to trade your players for more lottery draft picks so you have more of a chance of randomly moving up. Because as we saw last night, it's, all, it's pretty much random at this point. For the Pelicans to move up as much as they did, for the Cavs to move up as much as they did, it's, it's pretty much random. So that's what's going to happen now in the NBA. You're going to have to put a fast track on developing your players and try and turn your franchise around a little bit more quicker, or you're going to see teams start to trade more of their mid-level players for draft picks in order to get more shots in the lottery. 100%. That's what it's going to come to. I totally agree that that's where the lottery is headed if last night was any indication. I realize it was the first one under the new rules, but there's going to be a lot more protections on those lottery picks, and people are going to want more chances in there. When the Knicks were finished with the worst record in the NBA, 
have a 14% chance. And then the Pelicans, who were in the second round just a year or two ago, had a 6% chance. And that's not that big of a difference. 8%. I think the Lakers had like a 4% chance of getting the fourth overall pick. And there they were. And that's what they got. And it's good for them. Like, they get to move up, and they have more ammunition now to trade for Anthony Davis, whatever. That's fine. Uh, like, if they would have jumped into the top three, that would have just been... Uh, you know, I think everyone today would have been saying, all right, well, this is still rigged. Because how do the Lakers get in the top three? Oh, LeBron doesn't make the playoffs one year. The Lakers get in the top three. But I really do think that this is a three-player draft. And that's not to say anything bad about the players that are going to go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They could all be really good. They t- might turn out to be better than the players drafted in the top three. But I think if you're looking at the way that this draft is being shaped up so far, Greg, it looks like it is a three-player draft. You know which three players are going to go in the top three. Maybe not what order. You know Zion's going one. You don't know if Morant or Barrett is going two. I would lean towards Morant. We'll have more on that later with our, with our FanDuel hurry-up videos. But it's a three-player draft in that we know which players are going in the top three. And I don't think that's so bad. Like, I had people freaking out to me yesterday, texting me, we needed Zion, we suffered through the whole season, we didn't get the first overall pick. Well, then the Knicks should have known coming into the season that this is the, the way that the lottery is now. And they shouldn't have purposely tried to tank. Like, you should have known that this was the way that things were going to be. So, you have no one to blame but yourself. Hey, Frank, Greg. What's up? Yes. I know, I know what you guys are saying. Um, I don't think that the Knicks tanked on purpose. I just think they really suck. No, they tanked. That's, they, no, they tanked. They, they tanked. I don't know. They just. They, no, I know. I, I'm, I'm very. Confident. There were games where they just weren't playing their best players down the stretch. Of yeah, games. yeah. No, they, they, they. You, you can ask them. You can, they, you can say that they were developing players. No, I, I don't have a problem playing all your young players, but there were times where you could see where I mean rotations would change for no reason. Greg, we spoke that, about this every day. Like there would be players that like Mario Hazonia would start to get going. Next day he's out of the rotation. Luke Cornett would start to get going. Next day he's out of the rotation. So. It just seemed very odd the way that everything went down. And I still, I still think the jury's kind of out on David Fizdale. I don't even think if any, I don't think anyone knows if he's actually a good coach or not. No, I have no idea. I mean, last night's no indication at all. I don't have a problem with the Knicks ending up with RJ Barrett. So that's the other thing. So anyway, so once they get uh, inside the top three, you see the Lakers get four. You're like breathing heavily, breathing heavily. Can they survive? Can they get one? Immediately they get three. And we're just like, great. But I immediately tell myself and RJ Barrett how like, amazing he's going to be. And it could have been worse, Greg. Oh my God, so much worse. So my thoughts, um, my thoughts then go like, will they actually wind up taking the number three pick? Will they be making it? And the same holds true for the Lakers. I can assure you, one of those two teams will not make their pick. And potentially both of potentially, them. Exactly what I was about to say. Potentially both of them. Anthony Davis is not the only star that's available for trade, Greg. Who Bradley Beal's going to be out there, too. So if the Knicks want to put together a package of RJ Barrett and, and some draft picks to get Bradley Beal, and that brings them closer to getting a guy like Kevin Durant to New York, or even Kyrie Irving, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Bradley Beal, too. Obviously, Anthony Davis is the prized possession, but Bradley Beal is a top 20 player in the NBA, top 25 player in the NBA. I wouldn't mind the Knicks trading for him, either. But I do think those are the two guys. Or, or maybe the Lakers trade for Bradley Beal. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I do think one of those teams are trading, and, or potentially both. So, I think it's a lock, the Lakers trade. An absolute lock. Yeah, it's not like Jared Culver or like DeAndre Hunter is going to put the, the Lakers over the edge. I do think that those guys could be 
helpful in their rookie seasons, but we've seen this before. I mean, when LeBron came back to the Cavs, they had the first overall pick. They, you know, they trade um, Andrew Wiggins away to get Kevin Love. So it's very clear. I mean, LeBron is kind of on the back nine of his career. He wants, he needs to win now. He like, he's not in a spot where they can develop rookies. So yeah, I would say it's more than likely they trade their pick. The, as you just said, LeBron and the Lakers are in win now mode. They have all these young players, which is great. With LeBron, a DeAndre Hunter, a DeAndre Hunter, a Jarrett Culver, uh, Kobe White, not helping right now. It, 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 it's just not. So, I don't want to say not helping. I think they could help, Greg, but just not help to the level that LeBron needs help right now. Sure. That's what it comes down to. I think they can help. I think, I think those players can help an NBA franchise. This is not to the level that LeBron needs. The guy didn't make the playoffs for like the first time in forever. So, he needs some help. LeBron needs some help. Anthony Davis is, of course, he is that help. Will the Lakers complete the trade with the Pelicans? We'll see. If the Knicks, the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis. The Knicks sit at three. I, I, have, I imagine they draft with that pick, right? I imagine they just take Barrett, right? If the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis? Yeah. I don't think the Knicks are trading three over for Bradley Beal. Like, I don't see them doing that. It, it is a tough situation. Like, yeah, they probably, trade, they probably take Barrett, no matter what. Is he, is he on the team before the season starts? I'm not so sure. And maybe that's something that happens closer to free agency because the worst thing the Knicks could do is trade away their third pick and all their young players and stuff to get Anthony Davis, and then they swing and miss in free agency. Then Anthony Davis is like, is he really? He's going to resign in New York? It's basically the same situation as what you had in the Pelicans, except you're in a bigger market in New York, and there's going to be higher expectations, and you're going to get more criticism. So that would be the worst situation: is if they trade for Anthony Davis and then no free agents want to come here. That that would just be disastrous. And another disastrous situation, Greg, would be. If they draft R.J. Barrett, they have this young team, they miss out on all the top-tier free agents, and then they feel the need to just spend money for the sake of spending it. Like, let's sign Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris to max contracts just because we need to make a splash in free agency. And if you're looking at a team like Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, and Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett, like maybe that's an eighth-seed team in the Eastern Conference, but that you're not building a championship contender that way. So it's, it's all or nothing. It's either... They trade their young guys and get Anthony Davis and they get free agents here and they go for it in the, in the near future. Or you continue this slow rebuild and maybe you sign some, some veteran players for short contracts and, and then you could flip those for more assets and you continue this slow rebuild and you build through the draft. I know that Knicks fans are kind of like antsy and they want to win now and it's been so long. I understand that. Like, I live here in New York. I understand. But if they go the slow rebuild route and just continue to rack up assets and draft picks, Remember, they have two first-round picks from the Mavericks, and they still have all their own first-round picks. So they can build through the draft. I don't think that that's the worst thing either. <laughs> so different options uh, for the Knicks. The Pelicans get really, really lucky. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies get really, luck- really lucky. Hopefully their, their rebuild can begin um, in earnest, earnest soon, pairing up an R.J. Barrett or a John Morant with Triple J. Good spot there for the Memphis Grizzlies. Great spot. And I thought about this last night. To put together a young core of John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., if you're a Grizzlies fan, you feel great, man. That is an awesome young duo to build around for the future. Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be an absolute stud, 
And I, I do have some high expectations for John Morant as well. I do think he's the best point guard in the draft. I think he should go second overall as well. Kind of wish the Knicks could get him, but I don't think that he's going to be there. Uh, they have a young core of John Morant and, J- and Triple J. Pretty damn good as a Grizzlies fan. The Memphis Grizzlies. I think Mike Conley's two. gone too. I think they trade him. I, it, where? Where, where is Mike Conley? Yoke? Who wants that contract? I, I've seen uh, Indiana as a possibility. Sure, and I think that makes sense. Sure, if you put together him and Oladipo, Miles Turner, Oladipo, Miles Turner. That's that's a pretty good that's Eastern cool. Conference team. I right can now. buy that. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. All right, so. NBA draft is June 20th. The Combine uh, in Chicago will be much sooner than that. Uh, and hopefully Bruno Fernando goes high. Justin Brunian Bru- in chat says, I'll take Conley on the Bulls. They don't really have faith in no. Chris Dunn as their starting point guard. I, I know that. that. I know but that. I think Conley has to go to a team that's a little bit closer. Correct. The, then he's the just Bulls have a good young course. core, too. I really like what the Bulls are doing. I don't really trust Kyrie Markkinen, Zach Levine. Wendell Carter's going to be a stud. They have young pieces, man. They're going to be good. I just don't trust Jim Boylan in any way. He just got a contract extension, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like very old school. You got to run sprints. Sprints, Greggy, sprints. And then you'll be a good NBA team. See what happens there. I, I do like the young players on the Bulls, though. The Bulls, we'll see if they have a future. We'll see if Jim Boylan uh, can make it work. Obviously, Fred Hoiberg now back in college coaching Nebraska. That's why it's not the worst thing if the, the Knicks just keep their young players and com- continue to build through the draft. I know it's not what people want to hear, but look at the teams that are doing that. Look at the Sacramento Kings, man. I think the Sacramento Kings are going to be really good next year. I'm talking top six seed in the West, Greg. I think that the Kings are going to take a huge step forward next year. And you see these teams that are building through the draft and acquiring young talent. I like what the Bulls are doing. I, and, and then with the Grizzlies, too, Triple J and John Morant, dude, just build through the draft. I understand you got these max slots. See what happens, Greg. Yep, we do. We have a lot of time. We have a lot of time. Uh, although I did see something, I don't know if you noticed this today, Frank, that you know how free agency normally starts July 1st at midnight in the NBA? Yes. They're moving that up, that the rumor is, to June 30th at 6 p.m. Because midnight was like ridiculous. So they're just going to move it up to 6 p.m. the day before. So that's when you can officially sign? That's when do you, the get, more, like, do you, you get the people the days before that are like, they intend to sign here? Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's like the. It's so not really going to change things all that much, right? Well, it's not midnight anymore. It's six hours earlier. But we still find out days in advance that this player no, intends no, no. to sign. No, 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 no. We find out. Oh, uh, that's when we find out. Okay. All right. So that's when teams can officially like start negotiating. Right. Okay. So the official sign is like a week later, where like oh they sign, but then it's all like Woj saying the Knicks intend to sign, blah blah blah, the Warriors intend to sign, blah blah blah. blah. That's all happens at six o'clock, June thirtieth. What do you think is more likely outcome, Greg? That they trade the entire farm away to get Anthony Davis and take their shot at Kemba or Kyrie? and Even if they swing and miss, if they end up with Kemba, Jimmy Butler, and Anthony Davis, that's still a pretty damn good three. Yeah. Like, I would be all right with that. Yeah. Like, I just don't want to go lower than that. I don't want our two max free agents to be Tobias Harris and Chris, Chris Middleton. Middleton. Not that I like those players, but they need to go to teams that already have stars. They can't be the guys on their team. So that's really where I'm drawing the line. If they can get two of KD, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker, and trade for Anthony Davis, I'm fine with it. What do you think is more likely to happen? Uh, I think more likely to happen is not trading for Anthony Davis. You don't think they will? I don't know that they have enough. I think that they can put together a really competitive I don't know. I don't know. 
I, I think that they want him. I think ideally you get Anthony Davis pairing with Kevin Durant. They have more picks that they can offer than the Lakers do. They do. They do. But they don't have as many young players that are talented as the Lakers do. But I think the jury's still kind of out on these guys. Like Kyle Kuzma's a good player. Sure. But is he that much better than Kevin Knox? Brandon Ingram, I think the jury's still out on him. We haven't really seen enough from him. RJ Barrett could potentially be better than Brandon Ingram. But he also like might be much worse. But I mean, what does that even say? Like Brandon Ingram like doesn't set a high bar right now. I think he's a good player, but I think the jury's still kinda out on him. And then Dennis Smith, like you could get another like a young point guard in return too. Dennis Smith versus Lonzo Ball. I guess the the offers are kind of similar, actually, if you look at it. Like the difference, the difference is Mitchell Robinson. If the Knicks include Mitchell Robinson, that's the deal breaker. Because the Lakers don't have a big man that they can offer like no. Mitchell Robinson. No. But if the Knicks give up Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, ESJ, and like two mass first round picks, that's that's an offer that gets it done. I agree. That's an offer that gets it done. I agree. I just don't know if I want to do that. It's gonna be a fun month or two uh, in New York, <laughs> we hope. When we come back, Frank nailed something on Twitter last night. It's rare, but it happened. You talk about this guy for months. I'll tell you who it is and what it means for you when we return. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root-rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. In this league. What are we fighting for? The, the fantasy footballers audience, Bogman? We're not getting them. Well, we're not getting that. So. <laughs> right, we're not getting that audience. We're getting ESPN. We're not getting them. No, no, our SEO is not good enough. So no, no. We're, we're, gonna... we're, we're not, we can't even get the crumbs. Of we don't have right. voices deep enough to get that type of an audience. Well, all you got to do is change it uh, four years in and just change it and it'll be good. But <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. Fantasy best friends forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network Frank Stample, Greg Sussman Back with you And Frank, you were right On Twitter last night I went to bed and I saw you tweet something out And it turns out I hope you listened to me, Greg Uh, I didn't And it wasn't fast enough 
Or maybe I saw it this morning and I wasn't fast enough. And you've been talking for a while about what you, how good you think Austin Riley can be of the Atlanta Braves. We're all about to find out how good Austin Riley of the Atlanta Braves can be. As Ender Inciarte got hurt last night, and the Braves wasted no time in calling up their top prospect, Austin Riley. And he's another in the long line of prospects, Frank, that get called up over the last couple of days, including in Kansas City, in Cleveland, in Milwaukee, and now in Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot to like about Austin Riley. I also wrote this on my Patreon last night, and that's exactly why you need to subscribe to my Patreon. I told people right when the Ender Inciarte injury happened last night that it's time to stash Austin Riley now because this guy's absolutely mashing. He hit a grand slam last night. It was his 15th home run of the season. Over the past week, he had been playing more games in the outfield, specifically in left field. So he can play a corner, in, uh, corner outfield position he has pop. He's got the 15 home runs in the year. He's got 39 ribbies at AAA, 299 batting average, 284 career hitter in the minors. He is a he is a third baseman by trade, but he's going to play the outfield, and it was going to take an injury to an outfielder or, or Josh Donaldson, and there's lots of like here. There's lots of like. He, he cut down his strikeout rate from last year to this year by about 10%. He has upped his walk rate by about 2%. He's taking all the necessary steps to get better, and people really need to go out there and be aggressive on Austin Riley right now. A lot of people have been asking me questions. I've seen some crazy questions, too. Like, let's not get too crazy with this. I, I like Austin Riley. I have big expectations for him. He's entering a really good lineup with the Atlanta Braves, but I had someone ask me, should I drop Josh Donaldson for Austin Riley? Well, it's like, at that point, what are we expecting Austin Riley to do? Because... As much as I did not like Josh Donaldson coming into the season, he's still been pretty good. And he's the one who's batting cleanup for the Atlanta Braves. So let's, let's temper our expectation a bit. Let's not drop anyone who's too good. But I would try my best to get Austin Riley on my roster right now. If I'm ranking the prospects that have been called up over the past couple of days, I would rank it. I would still put Keston here ahead of him, actually, because I like the, Bra- uh, the Brewers lineup a little bit more. Uh, he was a higher-rated prospect coming into the year. And he's done, he's done nothing to be surpassed by Austin Riley. Austin Riley's number two on that list. I'll take Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez. <laughs> Nicky Lopez. Third. Always got Pablo Lopez on the mind. I'll take Nicky Lopez third. I'll take Oscar Mercado fourth. And then we have another prospect who just got called up in Jared Walsh for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Greg. Who is Jared Walsh? Fifth. Frank. Uh, Jared Walsh is someone who has legitimate pop. And he's already in the lineup today. He's playing first base for the... Los Angeles Angels, he's 25 years old, and last year, there's a guy who hit 277 with 29 home runs across three different levels in the minors. He had 99 ribbies, so you need a corner infielder. You're looking for a little bit of pop. Uh, he does struggle a little bit with strikeouts. He's, you know, he's hovered in that mid to high 20% strikeout range, so he's going to strike out a decent bit, but he's also hit for some batting average. This year, he was batting 302 with 10 home runs. Uh, and I think that the Angels can use another left-handed power bat in their lineup. So you need a quarter infielder. You need a utility uh, in a deeper league, an AL only, 15-team mix. All, all these players should be owned, but specifically maybe in the deeper leagues, I'm looking at Jared Walsh as a pickup as well. He could play first base. He could play a little bit of outfield. Uh, and he was mashing in the minors. So I think that the Angels are going to give him everyday playing time here as well. All right, so the Jared Walsh, a sneaky under-the-radar potential pickup uh, as a prospect. Austin Riley, is he, is he up for good? And same with Keston here as well. Are these guys up for good that you're going to spend that significant portion of your fab getting a guy that you can have the rest of the season? Right. I know it's 
Go ahead. I was going to say, like, obviously, like, you don't have a finality to that answer. A couple weeks ago, we didn't think Michael Chavis was up for good, and he certainly doesn't seem to be going back to the minors anytime soon. We thought Carter Keboom was up for good. We obviously thought Carter Keboom, if he performed, would be up for good. He was back down two weeks later. So I know you don't have a definitive answer, but in your best estimation, it was kind of what I was hoping you'd give. Yeah, so you <laughs> you basically stole how I was going to preface my question I by saying, um, I don't have the answer to that question. I know it's my job to have an answer to that question. Uh, but a lot of it just comes down to what we always say about these prospects. If they perform, they'll stick around. And I do stand by that when it came to Carter Keboom, too. If he had been performing well, he'd still be on the team right now. He got demoted, and rightfully so. He was striking out what seemed like every other at-bat. He wasn't feeling well. He needed to be sent back to the minors, and that's exactly how I feel for the rest of these guys. Look at the Angels. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, they called up Luis Rangifo, and we were excited about that, a guy that can provide stolen bases, and he's already been sent down. I think for maybe these lower-level prospects, they have a shorter leash where if they're not performing right away, even if it's a week or two, they're probably more likely to get sent down. So maybe we're looking at Oscar Mercado in that sense, and we're looking at Jared Walsh. You know, if these guys are striking out left and right and they're making blunders uh, defensively and on the base paths, then they're going to get sent back down. Uh, But Austin Riley... Probably the most impressive hitter in the minors this year outside of Jordan Alvarez. And if he shows any of what he's shown so far this year, his ability to make contact, cut down on the strikeouts, walk more, hit more home runs, hit for power, and play a decent, a competent outfield, corner outfield position, then Austin Riley is going to stick around. And that's probably the one that I have the most faith in. Uh, But Keston Hura last night, too. Two hits, a walk, Uh looked very composed at the plate. This kid is ready. He's been, like, I think he was ready last year too, but they hold him down. They, they hold him down for another month and a half here to start the season. He is ready. So I do have a lot of faith in Keston here as well, but if, Tra- if Travis Shaw comes back, do they just sweep him under the rug? They were talking about putting him in the minor leagues. So I think the answer to that question is, yeah, if Keston here is playing well, I think Travis Shaw might've just got Wally pipped. So I, I do have a lot of faith in these top prospects, Greg. A lot of it comes down to, if they perform, that's easy to say, but I do think that Austin Riley and Keston Hira are going to perform. I think that there's a shorter leash for some of these lower-level prospects like Mercado and Jared Walsh. I think that for Hira, it's all going to be on him. If he performs, he's not leaving that lineup. And he's a natural second baseman. Correct. Not it, like Moustakis, not all, like It Travis all fits Shaw. really, really well for him. That he can just play second base, Travis Shaw becomes a bench bat, he lost his job, he could be part of this first base mix with Aguilar and Eric Thames. That's a good point. That could happen. You know, so maybe Musaka's plays him first. Absolutely. So Moose is safe too. Like, like, that's the other one you don't have to worry anything about. If Hero one, runs away with his job, he'll stay. And I, I, I think the same could probably be said for Austin Riley as well. If he runs away with his job, he stays. I want to pay attention to him defensively too, because okay. he doesn't have a lot of experience four in ga- the outfield. Four games. He only played four games. Yeah. Like they might have used him a little bit in spring training here and there, and obviously all the work that he's he's doing when it's not game time, obviously like the work before games and after games, and he's trying to become an outfielder because they want his bat in the lineup. That's how badly the Braves wanted to get him in this lineup. They're teaching him a new position. He played a little bit of first base this year as well. Obviously, Freddie Freeman's not going anywhere. He's a third baseman by trade. I do want to pay attention to what he does defensively because, like Carter Keboom. If he comes up, starts struggling a little bit. Look, Carter Keeboom was a really top-notch prospect as well, but he was striking out. He was not doing, getting it done defensively. The same thing could be said for Austin Riley, so I do want to pay attention 
what he does defensively, offensively. He's ready by all means, but we've seen guys get off to slow starts. Hell, we're going to talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who just hit his first two home runs, but look at what he did the first two, three weeks he's been in the league. He was terrible. If he was any other prospect not named Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he might be back down in the minors. So even when you're the top prospect in baseball, in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., there's a chance that you can struggle right out of the gate. So there's always that chance. I want to remind people of that. Let's, we have to temper expectations a little bit with these guys, Greg. Temper the expectations with both of these prospects. You heard how Frank ranked them. Uh, number one was Kesson Hira. Number two was Austin Riley. Number three, uh, Nicky Lopez, who started off his game batting in that two-hole for Kansas City. Which Welsh said yesterday should happen. Sure did. And Adelbert goes down to three. And, and I said, I think it makes a lot of sense, too. Based on his OBP and what he showed in the minors. Absolutely walk, nailed this yesterday. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So I, I put Nicky Lopez third on that list, Greg. That's a good spot to be in, man. Heading right behind Whit Merrifield and ahead of Alberto Mondesi and Alex Gordon and Hunter Dozier. That's a really, really good spot to be in the lineup. Sorry, I just uh, had something I had to read. Some, some um, jet stuff? Actually, yes. <laughs> um... Nevertheless, nevertheless um, yeah, so it's a really good spot to be in the lineup. That's why he's, to me, clearly the third guy. And he has multi-eligibility, obviously, in Yahoo. I believe he's right now just shortstop eligible. He'll get the second base eligibility. You have that middle infield eligibility. Uh, it's huge. It, it's absolutely huge. So I'm really interested in these guys. We'll talk more about the waiver wire, specifically on Friday with Florio, exactly how much you're going to beat on these guys. And those are for people who play in leagues where your fab runs once a week. Right, no doubt. Pickups. If you, what like do you our 15-team leagues, they work that way. NFBC leagues work what that you, way. Isn't your, your waivers run tonight or last night? My waivers run tonight, so, so what are you gonna I'm going to find out a lot about these guys. Right. I mean, I have to evaluate my teams and really figure out like, what kind of needs that I have. Like, for example, I had Daniel Murphy as my second baseman. He's on my bench this week. He was on the Rockies bench last night as well. Surprise, surprise. I still think some, something's going on with Daniel Murphy. I think that this injury, uh, this finger injury is not healed, and they're using playing lefties as an excuse to keep him on the bench. But if that's the case, why didn't you just leave this guy on the IL instead of freaking everybody into uh, activating Daniel Murphy? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I picked up Ronnie Rodriguez in this league. He's been awesome. Another home run last night. Um, my middle infielder is a Miss Diaz, so maybe that's something I'm looking at here. Maybe I'm looking at a, at a Nicky Lopez or something. I believe Austin Riley... Might be owned already. Yeah, he's already, so he's already owned because we have minor league spots in, in my two home leagues. Let's see if he's owned in this other one as well. Uh, Austin Riley is not owned in one of these. So I'm going to, when I come in, when we come in tomorrow and we're doing the show, I'll let you know how much fab these guys go for. Keep in mind, it is a 12 team head to head points league, it is a keeper league. We have two minor league spots. Austin Riley, probably a bad job by me, should have been owned, although I do have, I have Jesus Lozardo, I have Kyle Tucker, so I do have really good prospects in my minor league spots, so you, you can only own as many guys as you can. So tomorrow when we come in, I'll let you know exactly how much fab these guys go for in my home leagues. Those are, those are the numbers that we have to look forward to. By the way, of course, when, when Vladito goes boom twice yesterday, that's who I'm playing in my home league. So frustrating. Oh, the Bass bro? Bash, bro. Man, he's putting you into the ground right now. Yeah, he's curb-stomping me at the moment. He's curb-stomping you. Shout-out to Seth Rollins, by the way, dating Becky Lynch. Yeah. Shout-out to wrestling in general, man. Big day here. EW. EW gets a TV deal with, with Turner Broadcasting. Did you read that awesome. press release, by the way? I didn't read the press release. So I read the press release, and it was just so old-school written. I, I don't know who wrote that. Was it Mike Cardano? 
<laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but it was like TNT will have live wrestling matches every week. That's not how people speak. No, I, I like that they kept emphasizing wrestling, though. But it was like, like not entertainment. This isn't sports entertainment, Greg. This is wrestling. But it was live wrestling matches every week here on TNT. Yeah, it's very back old to the matches. Uh, Greg. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last night, by the way, his three hits. Actually, I don't know if he had more than three hits. Did he have more than three hits? I don't think he did. I, I doubt it. But he had two home runs and he had a single. All three of them off the bat. 111 miles per hour or higher. Hitting the ball hard, Frank. His second home run off of Reyes Moronta, who, by the way, is a pretty good reliever this year. 113.7 miles per hour. Hits the ball hard, Frank. Glad, man. Woo. Two dingers is exactly what you needed to see. Let's calm down a little bit. Everyone, oh, all, all the, uh, the anti-Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, fantasy owners, by the way, out there. Fantasy analysts. You know, Doing their victory laps. Oh, I told you, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., a prospect is a prospect is a prospect. Blah, 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 blah. What are you saying now? Three hits last night, all 111 miles per hour or Out of more, two off the bat. Night. Two home runs. He is who we thought he is. Give this guy some time, man. He is a generational talent. He is the son of one of the best hitters in maybe baseball history, Greg. Give this kid some time. And now he's starting to come around, and he does it in San Francisco of all places. So what does that tell you, Greg? What does that tell me? The guy has power that goes beyond ballparks. Like it's it's like Giancarlo Stanton level power. It doesn't matter where he is. He had two bombs yesterday in San Francisco to straightaway center field. I mean, that's the kind of power this guy has. Like, let's not worry about him. He's gonna be fine. You own him, feel pretty damn good. Blue Jays defeated the Giants last night, seven to three. We mentioned Nikki Lopez, so let's go to Nikki Lopez in Kansas City. And Nikki Lopez, for you Elvis Andres owners, may be a replacement because Elvis Andres left this one with a hamstring injury. Um, and Nikki Lopez does have that shortstop eligibility right now in Yahoo. Lopez, in his, de- in his debut, batted second, went one for four. The run scored, an RBI, and a walk. You know there's some speed with Lopez as well. He seems to be an obvious, if you could afford it, an obvious replacement for Elvis Andres potentially. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense here. Again, this is a coveted spot to be in in the Royals lineup, hitting right behind Whit Merrifield, right, hitting right ahead of Adalberto Mondesi. Uh, he gets an RBI single. He gets a walk, showing some of that plate discipline as well. What I like even more than that, in four at-bats, zero strikeouts. This is part of the player that he is. He makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out all that often. Uh, for those who play in deeper leagues, AL only, if Nicky Lopez might be owned already, you want to look in-house, it looks like, Logan Forsythe is probably the short-term ad here uh, if you're an Elvis Andrus owner. And, and you know, say what you want about Logan Forsythe. This is a guy who used to be a quality baseball player and three hits last night. He's now batting 305. I don't think people realize this. So, you know, if you play in a deeper league and you lost Elvis Andrus, again, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. We don't know the severity of this yet, but a guy who depends on his legs, his speed, it wouldn't surprise me personally if Elvis Andrews lands on the IL. And if you're looking in-house, it looks like Logan Forsyth is the guy. And Greg, kind of like Hunter Pence, a little blast from the past. Logan Forsyth is playing well. Yeah, Logan Forsyth uh, absolutely playing well right now. He came in, um, or he moved over from first base to shortstop uh, once Andrews went down. That needs to be over 300 here at this point. He could be the perfect potential replacement for Elvis Andrews as well. What do you know, Greg? Uh, the week that we pick up Hunter Pence is the week that he starts to go ice cold. He, he went over five with two strikeouts yesterday, Greg. Over five. On our team. Think we're the jinx? Probably so, Frank. 
There you go. Danny Duffy, not great. Hits the win. Allows four runs in five innings. Struck out six. Feels like it could have been worse, though, no? Totally. Totally agree. <laughs> Against Texas? Could have been much worse. So, I mean, he comes away with a win, seven hits, four and runs. Only one walk, six strikeouts. Again, Danny Duffy is a deeper league ad right now. 15-teamers are deeper, AL only, fine. 12-teamer, leave him on the waiver wire. I don't really have high hopes for Danny Duffy. Not getting a ton of swinging strikes. And while he only walked one on the season, uh, one yesterday in that game, he has struggled with walks overall this season. So, don't really have high hopes for Danny Duffy, but in deeper leagues, I do think that he should be. Could have been worse, Greg. Like, it could have been Shelby Miller bad on the other side in this game. One and two-thirds innings pitched, seven hits, eight earned runs, two walks, and one strikeout. Remember when Shelby Miller was good? Never so long ago. Not really. <laughs> like the Atlanta Braves that he was like Amazing. Cy Young contender. He was, but the underlying numbers were never as good. That was the problem. And Arizona... Like, with a little Marco Estrada action. Arizona right? didn't, like, look at that, which is also an issue. Shelby Miller, man. What an, what an interesting career. Interesting you watch this guy career. pitch. He, he has such a crazy delivery. He used to hit his hand on the dirt to create, like, scabs. Crazy. All right, we'll take a break. Paddock Kershaw next. <laughs> 